Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Good Morning Football, live in New York City. It's Thursday, May 18th. I'm Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Jason McCordy, Peter Schrager. Uh, the offseason, you know, gives us a lot of time and opportunity with our families that we don't usually have in season. So that's why, like, days like today, I feel very lucky that now we're all together again. Better believe it. Kyle, how are you feeling about what we have in store today? I feel great. We have a sequel of sorts today. If you were aware of the program yesterday, we did a draft. We all drafted two quarterbacks, the top eight quarterbacks in the NFL as we saw it. And today we're going to get a little spicy, uh, a little uh, little flashier, and we're going to do a wide receiver draft. We're going to be drafting the mm-hmm. top eight wide receivers as we see it in the NFL today. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yesterday, my husband and I were going into New York City to go to a dinner and uh, there was a, a, a lull in the conversation and he decided to say to me, so what happened during your quarterback draft yesterday? <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to talk about it. I really don't. Why don't you uh, tell the people what happened? Um, I panicked. I panicked and I picked Joe Burrow for the second time uh, mm-hmm. in three picks. And and then I had to quick pick Josh Allen while the buzzer was ringing in my ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a meltdown. Then I had a back-to-back pick. He was none too pleased with my Aaron Rodgers pick. Didn't mm-hmm. agree with it. Mm-hmm. So now I've been uh, discussed to last night and this morning, reviewed my top wide receivers for today. So I am prepared. My assistant GM has helped me a lot if today. If you select a player who's already been selected, should we do some sort of punishment or should we just be sympathetic? Should lose a pick. Today, if I do it again. Yeah. Imagine in the real NFL draft if the Houston Texans got up and said, We select Bryce <laughs> Young. They're like, No, the, the Panthers just took him. You can't take him. Not allowed to Yeah. It was, it, someone did tweet at me that it was very fitting that the girl from Minnesota had a, a bit of a draft yeah. debacle. Oh, oh, talk right? about it. Right. Uh, all right, right. Let's talk about wide receivers. One of which, one of those free agents signed with the Ravens. We're going to talk about Baltimore right now. Time for Lee Block. Lee Block. Lee Block. Lamar Jackson posted this yesterday. Arm warmed up before Ravens OTAs next week. He looks good. He looks happy. He looks like where he is supposed to be. And he's got some fun new guys to throw to this season. But linebacker Roquan Smith knows that doesn't mean much in May. He told Masson Sports that stuff is on paper right now. We don't want to be any paper champs. We want to the real thing. Mm-hmm. We want to be the real champs. That's understandable. Here's a look at what the Ravens' offense looks like on paper uh, this offseason. Two big additions, a wide receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. and first-round draft pick Zay Flowers out of Boston College. So, Lamar is signed. That's all taken care of. Everything trending upward, you think, in Baltimore. But now is the time, once again, to consider the Ravens the true legitimate challengers to the Bengals in the AFC North. Without a doubt, I don't think this is even in question. I think mm. you look at Baltimore and Cincinnati, and obviously coming off last season, I would say Cincinnati is the favorite in the division, but the favorite not by much. It doesn't really matter. Baltimore beat Cincinnati in that first game they played them last year, last season on a Sunday night game, and then these two matched up 
in the playoffs last year, and there was no Lamar Jackson. And you would think, all right, Cincinnati went in there and handled him. Ah. This is Baltimore going in to score in the fourth this quarter to go up in this game. They're going to be ahead at the start of the fourth quarter, right on the goal line, right on the doorstep to go in. Huntley goes over top, fumbles the ball, Hubbard picks it up, returns it, Logan. scores a touchdown, and this was the huge turning point. But Baltimore still had a chance later in this game to tie the game up and have an opportunity to win if they choose to go for two. Huntley throws a Hail Mary in the back of the end zone, and it's almost hot, like that close. So when you talk about Baltimore going into this 2023 season, Lamar under a contract, him coming in healthy, and you ask the question, can Baltimore compete with Cincinnati? Of course they can. They competed with them last year from the first time they played them to the third time they played them without their starting quarterback. And on top of that, the receivers they had in that game, the lack of production, Demarcus Robinson had a huge 40-yard touchdown in that game. Mm -hmm. He had two catches for 49 yards, 41 of them coming on one play. The only other receiver to have production in the game was Sammy Watkins. One catch for 12 yards. Wow. So now you add a Zay Flowers. You add an Odell Beckham. Rashad Bateman should be healthy. So when you say can they compete, of course they can in this division and they're going to challenge Cincinnati. And that's not taking anything away from the Bengals who have Joe Burrow and a really good football team, but Baltimore mm. too. It's interesting. Quietly they added you know, Nelson Aguilar this offseason. Yeah. They, they, they're quietly He's adding pieces. He's on the Baltimore Ravens. They signed him. Um, I, I'm really interested to see because I don't think these two teams love each other, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I don't think the coaches love each other. Really? A few years back when the Bengals uh, were the dormant team of mm-hmm. the division, the, the Ravens just, just put, a, put a beating on them a couple times. And then the year the Bengals won the Super Bowl, they absolutely they smashed the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, it was pretty even, and that playoff game was as tightly contested as you can imagine. The Ravens get new guys. They also get some guys back, and Lamar is the obvious one. And what a refreshing way to start the show, talking Ravens, and not be bickering about Lamar's contract. It's all done. Talk about actual football yeah, we're good. when it comes to the Ravens. I'm also excited about their second-year defensive player, David Ojabo. Mm. Ojabo, of course, missed most of last year. He was a second-round pick out of Michigan, was a star at Michigan, and then at his Pro day, popped his Achilles, yeah. didn't get to compete much. They got thrown into the mix. He wasn't his full self last year. Yesterday, he was full of smiles being interviewed, and he explained how he wanted to wear a certain number in Baltimore, yeah. number 55, Ooh. Terrell Suggs' number. And yet he'll be wearing number 90 this season. Take it away, Ojabo. Can we go back to your college number, David? Suggs not letting me, man. Did <laughs> <laughs> you ask? Yeah, yeah. We had discussions, man. Uh, you know, it got Bashadi involved a little bit, but look, 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 that's that's above me. He's a legend. Uh, so I'm gonna stick with 90, you know. But you tried. I tried, I had to try, I had to try, I had to try, but nah, he's awesome. not going for it. Untouchable J. Not good enough yet, He's sir. He's not going to be. Now, the Ravens don't technically retire numbers. Right. Okay? But no one's worn 52 since Ray mm. wore it. No, no wore one's 20. worn 20. No one's worn 75. 55. Now, they're going to be asking a lot out of him. This defense took a little bit of a step back last year. There were some issues in the backfield. There were some injuries here mm-hmm. and there. But that young man right there would have been a first-round pick had he not gotten seriously injured at his pro day. Now you're asking him to come in here, and there's some other names. You know, Justin Matabukike, mm-hmm. who is one of those big guys out of Auburn that they love. Tyus Bowser, and of course Roquan. Like the Ravens' defense, quietly everyone talks about the offense not being good, and now we got Monken and all this. Ravens' defense wasn't what it used to be. Yeah, it wasn't. They're hoping that these young guys can kind of step up too. To do that, 
is what's necessary to get past the Bengals. Well, also for the guys to live up to their potential, we just showed all those wide receivers they have. And I've talked about this before. The only proven thing going on there is Mark Andrews all the way at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm getting from Odell. I don't know what I'm getting from Zay Flowers. I don't know what I'm getting from Bateman. I, those, are, those are all cool names and a little bit older, a little bit younger, really flashy. But Andrews is the only rock-solid thing. The question, though, should they be contenders, the AFC South or the AFC North? Yeah, they better be. The question for the Ravens is supposed to be, should they be contenders in the AFC? Mm-hmm. With what you just paid and you have your quarterback in your prime and you got all these guys and you got the veteran coach, yeah, you better be. And I, I would go a step further, though. I, I would branch this out. Mm-hmm. I think that the AFC North is open. I really do. And Bengals fans are going to hate that. I don't care. In fact, I think it's the most wide-open division in the oh. AFC. In the AFC. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, too. I really do. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, Pittsburgh, I've talked about ad nauseum. They mm-hmm. finished 9-8. and eight. No one talked about it because they missed the playoffs. Cleveland is a huge mystery who is really talented and could just hit the ground running. Um, if you look at the South, I love Jacksonville. At the West, I love Kansas City. In the East, I still love Buffalo. In the North, I feel like it's got a little friskiness mm-hmm. to it. I really do. In fact, I would go on the entire NFL. The NFC South is weird because everybody's so young, but AFC North, if you look at mm. Pickett making the jump, Deshaun jumping back, um, everybody. I, I, I like this division, and I know all the love is going to be on the Bengals. It's difficult. It's difficult to run it back year after year. I really think that Pittsburgh is a snake in the grass, and Cleveland, maybe most intriguing, maybe most mysterious team in the NFL. Don't really know what the hell they have. Deshaun looked terrible last year. He's bad. Terrible. But bizarre circumstances. He had missed the last two years. Yes. Two years off, now full off season, healthy. He's not being talked about. He's not none of that stuff. I think the Browns could be very good. So, yeah, I think the Ravens could compete. But I also think it is the most wide-open division in the whole AFC. And we could be sitting here in January being like, wow, we're having a home playoff game in Pittsburgh. And I think it's pretty cool. For the Browns, I think they qualify as one of the greatest uh, lopsided ratios of like talented roster versus being talked about this sure. offseason. Yeah. Um, I circle back to the Ravens. And, Peter, I think you're right. It is refreshing to have Lamar's deal be done and for us to be able to talk about everyone else in the roster. Yet, for some reason, when I went to answer this question, all my brain could do was go back to, like, well, the Ravens will be the best contenders because you have Lamar Jackson. I mean, and then what I specifically asked for was just load me up with all the best Lamar Jackson you can possibly see because anytime anybody plays the Ravens, the Bengals included, you're just going to get the best of this man. And if the threat is there to have the best of a guy that has thrown for over 300 yards four times, one time a 400-plus yard game, the best of an MVP caliber season at 22, the best of seven comebacks, 10 game-winning drives, you get the best of that man in your division, I'm sorry, you're going to have a tough day that day. He had a tough season last year, Lamar Jackson did. He was hurt. There was odd conversations surrounding his longevity with this organization. That's done. You certainly hope the injuries are going to go by the wayside. But the fact that this narrative surrounding him and his commitment and the Ravens' commitment, the fact that that is gone and this this man can just play, that I think is a threat to this division straight out. So yes, absolutely the Ravens because they have that man at quarterback because he is as dynamic as people say he is and we know he is because we've seen it. They are absolutely the most significant contender. Can I poke a hole in the Lamar thing? Because here's my question. So they built this offense with Greg Roman and it was three tight ends and we have Ricard at fullback and it's Lamar to you covered Georgia. Todd yep. Monken comes in. I remember him when he was with Tampa. I remember when he was with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, if the offense isn't three tight ends and isn't run the ball with a fullback, and isn't, is Lamar the same guy? Is that so disrespectful to suggest that maybe this isn't a home run hire and this isn't a huge upgrade for Lamar, and mm-hmm. that maybe they put Lamar in the best position possible running that running offense? 
My thing to that is the offense that they've been running since Lamar has been there has not been able to withstand the playoffs. Mm -hmm. In the regular season, it's been impressive. They've dominated people. Their running backs have averaged the most yards per carry during the season. But you have to be able to transition to this offense. And you watch Lamar Jackson when he was at Louisville. He was throwing the ball a mm -hmm. ton. So I've always been playing against him over the last few years. Felt like, hey, he's limited in their offense. And it's almost an advantage to the other team. If you can get ahead on them, their offense isn't built to run a two-minute drill and come back in the third quarter and put up – passing drive time and we time We saw that again. in playoff games, Tennessee mm -hmm. game. The you Buffalo get ahead, it was game. just impossible. Like, so, Two-score mm -hmm. lead, they can't do it. I think this pro-style offense that mm -hmm. Todd Monk is going to install mm -hmm. is what they have to have be successful if they want a chance to be able to say, hey, we're playing for a Lombardi. What they were running, as great as a coordinator as Greg Roman was, I just felt like it had its limitations for Lamar Jackson. I think what Todd Munkin knows that he has to do is arrive in Baltimore, and you have to meet this man in the middle. I mean, he's Lamar Jackson. You also have to do things that cater to him. That being said, Todd Munkin was dealing with Stetson Bennett for the last what feels like 10 years at quarterback at Georgia that man that young man had had you know he was small you know he had to deal with things that set him back as a quarterback so I think Todd Munkin is equipped to be able to be like I know what I'm bringing to the table I understand what my guy is bringing to the table and I'm going to create the best situation for them all yeah. I think it's really funny Terrell Sexes and you're not wearing my number <laughs> He's supposed to say, of course, young fella. Oh, man. Yes, yeah, I will bequeath this to you, and you will have 55. Wear it well. No, no, we were no, drafted no. in the 40s. Of course you can. No. no. I don't know. Mine. No. Untouchable J. My number. Kyle, like, if one yes. of us said, hey, can we do angry runs on a Tuesday if you're not here? Mm. What are you going to let us just do? I'd be do? happy to let you do it. Oh, believe wow. Me. See the cardiologist oh, first. You can wield this. You guys can always do Here's this. your right, shirt. Thanks. Your sniffer. Everybody, any every other network tries to do it. So, yeah. like, why not when we try again? All right. With the fourth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. He will be going back to Indianapolis where he crushed the combine, and he is the quarterback of the moment. I'm going to be a dynamic player for the franchise, you know. I'm going to work hard, I'm going to be a leader, but it's time to make my own legacy now. No more Cameron Jackson, Anthony Richardson now. Enjoy it all. These are happy tears. Yes, man. Thank you. All right, time to play a round of big deal or no big deal. We are starting with uh, Anthony Richardson has been turning heads ever since he landed in Indianapolis. It feels like uh, everyone there is covering that young man's every move. Even Gardner Minshew has said he's been impressed uh, playing with him so far. Here's what he had to say, though, yesterday about the rookie quarterback. Obviously, I mean, the first thing is just how impressive, you know, like the ball jumps out of his hand, you know, physically everything, like got everything you want, you know. So from that standpoint, just seeing him is like, wow, this dude's really got a chance, you know. And then, you know, getting around him and seeing, you know, how he works, how he, you know, takes criticism and wants to learn and get better. Uh, all those things are really, really encouraging to be around. <laughs> so George Bremer, a Colts beat writer for the Herald Bulletin in Indy, mm. reported that the Colts coaching staff has been extremely impressed with Richardson so far and that they believe he's not quite as raw as he was being portrayed during the draft process. Do we think that is a big deal or no big deal? It's Kyle. a huge deal. You should put him on MVP watch. I love Richardson. Isn't he fun? I, I, can't seen, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Listen, he's, he's tossing the ball around with some teammates. Of course, he looks impressive. There's no defense I couldn't tell there. if that was sarcasm or... It's hope. Yes. It's hope. I got it all in on Richardson. Okay. Listen, they open up week one, Lucas Oil at home versus Jacksonville. Division opponent, Ooh. Trevor Lawrence comes in. 
I mean, if he starts that game and wins it, we'll have a sensation already. This guy has so much potential. So you really think Anthony Richardson is going to go up, start throwing it around, be like, eh, I don't know. He's not that impressive. This is the guy with the strength and the speed and everything. He's got a red jersey on and no shoulder pads. Of course, he looks impressive. The answer here is, of course, check in in August. But I love the early returns, and I hope he starts week one. Big deal. Huge deal. I... I, I came out, I was on the Bill Simmons podcast over on The Ringer the week after the draft, and he was like, you know, obviously he's not going to be ready week one. I go, we don't know that. And they took him fourth overall, and it made news in Indianapolis because I said, everything I heard up to the draft is during his draft meetings, Anthony Richardson would rebuff people who would be like, well, we've got a veteran quarterback here. You'll learn mm. from him. He would come out and proactively say to them, no, 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 I I, I can go. Like, mm-hmm. I can go. Like, get me in there. I can go. I mm-hmm. love that. Um, a little kind of connection to how he might be able to be used if he doesn't necessarily know how to run an entire NFL offense at the age of 20 in week one. Cam Turner is the quarterback's coach. Cam Turner was with Kyler last year in Arizona, but was with Cam Newton when Cam Newton was in Carolina. These are mobile quarterbacks that can maybe do things that it's not, hey, we've got to make 20 adjustments at the line and I've got to see things like Peyton Manning and do the all 22. (laughs) No, go out there, play football, be the best version of yourself. And of course, the Shane Steichen, Jalen Hurts connection makes a lot of sense that we've just ran an offense where the quarterback can do some things in an unorthodox way when it comes to standard five-step drop, look at the, who do I got, the one, two, three receiver. No, we can be flexible, can move. Sure. I think it's a big deal. And gosh, if I'm a Colts fan and I look back at everything since Andrew Luck, whether it be Jacoby yeah. Percet for that year, and then I mean the same week we have Matt Ryan being like rolled out on CBS as an announcer, he was your quarterback last year. Mm-hmm. And now you have Anthony Richardson at 20 <laughs> being hyped by Gardner Minshew. I think it's exciting if I'm a Colts fan. Everything about this, I want to say no big deal. Like it's t-shirt and shorts time, it's May, everything is flowers and rosy. Yeah. But it is a big deal. I think for Anthony Richardson getting there, and all we talked about was his lack of experience, the 13 games, this, that, and the third. For Gardner Mitchell, he's not he didn't draft him fourth, so he doesn't have to say these things about him, and he's choosing to go out and say these things. But at the same time, it's T-shirt and shorts. Go on. You're not playing defense. <laughs> it's, it's, OTAs haven't even really started yet. So it's, it's hard to just jump through the roof like, oh, my goodness. Like you just said, there's a helmet. There's no shoulder pads on, mm-hmm. no scheme, no nothing. So exciting for Anthony Richardson, but it's like, oh, okay, like, we'll, uh-huh, we'll see. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's why, that's why I'm going to go no big deal. That's it. That was my only reason was, like, I get it. I get that someone wanted to say the word raw and put it in, like, a positive context. Mm. Like, we know what you all thought and said about him, but he's not that. And now mm. the world is aflame, yeah. so it's cool. Yesterday, uh, we talked about Quinn and Williams and how we uh, the audacity to yeah. remove the Jets from his Twitter bio. But today, it's the Vikings. We moved on. They have a new banner on their Twitter homepage, and it includes, follow closely, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and Alexander Madison. <laughs> it excludes Dalvin Cook whose name has been thrown around in some trade rumors. Dalvin Cook Dalvin Cook being excluded from the Vikings' new Twitter banner. Jason, big deal or no big deal? Huge deal. Big Absolutely. deal. I remember going into the offseason. It was my last year. Ended up to be my last year in Tennessee. And we had him on the show a week ago, two weeks ago, Logan Ryan. And Tennessee was courting him, trying to get him to come to play for the Titans. And Logan calls me, wants to get insight, how everything's going. I remember getting off the phone. I'm like, man, you'll love it here. And I'm telling my wife, and she goes, so Logan went to Rutgers. They know you guys are close. They're trying to get him here. They haven't talked to you about it at mm. all. And I was like, okay. No, they haven't talked to me. It was all right, start packing our stuff up. 
And it was about a month later, Logan comes to the Titans. About a month later, I get the call. And it's like, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to release you. And it was like, when you're dating that girl, she keeps showing you all the signs that she's crazy. It's right you there. Just continue to ignore the signs. They're right there. Mm. It's not on the social media page. There's different things. Those are the little signs, the breadcrumbs leading up to it. So I'm not mm. saying to cut, but trade. Something's probably going to happen. I, I ignored the signs for a little while. My eyes They're were open. Right there. It's like a crop good formation. on Melissa, though, to have the yeah. wear, the wear. She knew she had to pack up. Like, <laughs> that's her life, too. I, I, you said huge deal, though. I actually disagree. I think it's an enormous deal. Uh, it, it's, he's as good as gone. Let me ask you this. You, you listed the players up there. Kirk Cousins is a starting quarterback, right? Hawkinson is huh? starting tight end. Yeah. Jefferson is starting wide receiver. Why would Dalvin Cook not be up there? Um... Is Nick Mullins up there? He's apparently the QB, too. Shouldn't he be up there if uh-huh. we're putting in the backups? I don't know. I think there's some social media director who was uh, born in 1996 and uh, has plugged in. I think I think it's a guy named Seth. It's just my intuition. Well, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Seth. And Seth's like, I'm going to just sneak them at a little Seth something. At Seth Vikings. Yeah, at Seth Vikings. Uh-huh. It's great. Skull Seth. And I think Seth has his finger on the pulse of the Minnesota Vikings. It's not the entire state of Minnesota. The question now, Peter, we just segue right away. Who gets uh, who gets Dalvin? Oh, they're I, training see him. I see him in that Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And now, <laughs> June 1st, he's yeah. due $10.4 million. Look about it. They got Jefferson's contract coming up. I don't know if I see Dalvin Cook making $10.4 million from the Vikings this year. So that's the next couple of weeks. So if they release him, he still is guaranteed $2 million from someone, mm. which is significant, but it's mm. not what Dalvin Cook expects to be making. So mm-hmm. interesting things here. I think it is very, very, very significant to you. As I am one who follows the Vanderpump rules of the world, you know, Sandoval was Scandal. showing all the signs, and Ariana did not want to believe it. Mm. Dalvin Cook, don't be Ariana. I cannot believe he did believe that after it. that girl's Incredible. trip. I cannot believe. The, Incredible. I cannot believe. dog died, and in that same moment, in the car, this guy, I cannot even. I know. Not a Vanderpump fan, No so big deal, know. but it was a big deal because they also excluded Dalvin from the schedule release video. Oh. So it was a big deal then. It was no big deal now. And I'm talking about Doug Baldwin on the Seattle Seahawks. This guy was a really good football player. And he may not get the love that he deserves, but anybody that had to play against him, they were up at night. You can talk about all the other big guys, but Doug Doug Baldwin was incredible. One-hand catcher. He found a way when Russ was scrambling around, when this team was really good – Playing in Super Bowls, he was often the guy that was on the other end of those Russell Wilson passes. I watched that last week, and I was like, I am inspired to talk underappreciated wide receivers. That's Dougie Baldwin right there. That was your answer, Jason. You played against him for many years, and you believe he was the most underrated wide receiver of his generation. Really quick, Doug Baldwin, your takeaways beyond that video. I said it. He was at the line of scrimmage and one mixtape. Hesitation, crossover through the legs. He'd have you doing a split and then Mm. get open down the field and make a one-hand catch. It was so impressive. Fun to compete against a guy like that. He joins an elite group of guys that probably just don't get enough credit when we talk about NFL history. We know Jerry Rice. We know Randy Moss. And, of course, we know Julio Jones. But how about those other guys? Let's go to trivia with underrated mm. all-time NFL wide receivers. Let's Jason, go. Mike Evans, who oh. might be considered underrated in his own right, has joined an elite club of being just one of only seven men in NFL history who have nine different 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Mm. Your question is this. Which underrated NFL wide receiver is the only man not named Jerry Rice to have multiple Super, ring, Super Bowl rings 
and at least eight 1,000-yard seasons. At wow. least eight 1,000-yard seasons. So obviously at the top, Jules has multiple rings, does not have eight 1,000-yard seasons. Tori Holt, I think, has maybe six. I'm going to go with D, Art Monk. I'm going to go with D, Art Monk. Art Monk's a Hall of Famer. Can you be underrated if you're a Hall of Famer? He's on the list. Mm. The correct answer is... C, Rod Smith. Rod Smith won two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos and caught over 1,000 yards in eight different seasons. Hmm. Smith had 152 receiving yards and a touchdown. Sorry, Eugene Robinson. In Super Bowl 33 against the Falcons, Rod Smith, an all-time player. Now, look, Torrey Holt does have the 8,000-yard seasons, but only has one Super Bowl title, mm-hmm. while Art Monk and Julian Edelman each have the multiple Super Bowl rings, mm. but did not have the 8,000-yard seasons. Rod Smith. Wow. Wildly underrated in history. He is the Broncos' all-time leading receiver. I'm going to make the hunter become the hunted. There are two other all-time leading receivers for teams whose last name is Smith, and they are from this generation. Can you name both of them? Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith for the Jaguars, mm-hmm. yes. Yes. And, and the other one's obvious. Steve Smith Sr.? That's it, Peter. Love we it. love That's it. That's it. Nice job, buddy. Oh, gosh, I'm hot right now. Ready to go. Put on the moment. Put on the scene. <laughs> Put the sport coat on. Got a little smarter. Uh, Jamie. Yes. It's your turn. Okay. Which of the following underrated NFL wide receivers had the following resume bullet points? Multiple 100 catch seasons, 10,000 career receiving yards, and played for just one team, the Holy Grail, his entire NFL career. Well, um, I'm going to eliminate B because I know Brandon Marshall played for two different teams. My uh, working history on A and C are not great, so I'm going to go D, Heinz Ward. D. Well. Keep it quick. Let's hear it from the man himself who was always one for the words and was always one for one team only. Mm. Take it away. Who's the best receiver in the NFL? That would be me. <laughs> it's Sunday, baby. No more talk. Time to start balling. What's up? What's up? It's Sunday now. It's time to ball. We about to get it in. It's Sunday. We playing football now. It's all I know how to do. It's all I want to do, baby. Because I go out here and I work hard every day. Especially on Sundays. <laughs> Roddy White. I, underrated. And now after saying Heinz Ward, I, and then I take it back to, to, to Jason's answer. He's not underappreciated, so I should have gone yeah, more. You know, true. he is appreciated. appreciated. I should have. in the Dark Knight Rises. Right? He is. He and Bill yeah. Cowher both. Uh, 11 NFL seasons, all with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Four straight Pro Bowls. He uh, finished his career with 10,000 receiving yards, 63 touchdowns. Roddy White, what's mm. your appreciation level? I, I'm going back at you. Name the other Steelers wide receiver who is in the Dark Knight Rises on the sideline standing next to Bill Cowher. It's a weird one. Martavis Bryant? Mike, Mike Wallace. Wallace. <laughs> Mike Wallace, Jason. Yeah. It's Mike Wallace, speedster. Yes. Long legs, right? Yes. Go Lima Swede. No, 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 no. That's Kyle, really good. Are you ready for one? Yeah. 1995, Herman Moore. I love Herman Moore. Wildly underrated. I love him. 84. Had a then record 123 Ooh. receptions. In Was Scotty season. Mitchell throwing it to him? Scotty Mitchell. Yep, I knew it. Throwing them to slingers in the, in the Silver Dome. Peter, I'm going to stop you already. What reality show was Scott Mitchell on? <laughs> I don't know. The Biggest Loser. Was he on? Yes. He, he had gained a lot of weight and he lost oh. a whole bunch of it. Scott Mitchell, Biggest Loser we, on NBC. You we dubbed up. this man the commissioner of our draft and now he's just taking over a segment. He's no, totally just that. becoming the host. Shout out to Jillian Michaels. Damn right. Sure. Michaels. <laughs> Which actor? Go! Yeah. Go! 
Dr. Bob. Yeah. Which <laughs> like actor Bob. played roles in the number two and number three grossing movies at the box office in 1995? So it's not just one movie. Two of the top five movies that made money that year. Two and three. All right. This guy was in both of them. Or Tom girl. Hanks, Jim Carrey, Dunzel Washington. And I just gave it away. It's not Sandra Bullock. <laughs> well, Sandra Bullock was in Speed. Yeah. And I figured that she, that was her, her coming out party. So while you were sleeping, probably around that age. Bill Pullman. And Speed representing the Arizona Wildcats. Yes. All right. Carrie, massive blow up. 95, I believe, is The Mask because 94 was Dumb and Dumber. 95 is The Mask. <laughs> Hanks, I don't identify with 95 because 94 was Gump, mm-hmm. and so it, we weren't the castaway yet. So I'm gonna say Denzel 95. I'm just gonna go with Carrie. Smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie was. I got it wrong. In Ace Ventura 2 that. When year. Nature Calls it, that was 96. Yes. No, that was 95. Okay. And he was also in Batman Forever, which did very well. However, it wasn't number two and number three. Number two was Toy Story. Number oh, three was Toy Apollo Story. 13. You got me on the Toy Story. <laughs> Tom Hanks starred as Commander Jim Lovell Controversial. in Apollo 13. <laughs> Hanks also was in Toy Story. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> uh, Apollo 13 grossed the second most money at the box office that year, while Toy Story grossed the third. Do you think it's a technicality? that he's Are you challenging no, that? Like, it's Tom legit. Hanks you want yeah. a fun fact about that? All the merchandise of Woody, all of the things, the pull string and everything, yeah. they're all over the world. It is not Tom Hanks' voice. It is his brother. Tom Hanks' brother records the Woody voice. The Hanks throws it to him and says, you can do it. Give him a check. It's his brother. It's really cool. You would wow. think he does the segment. It, all of this- Somebody poison the water hole. That's that was incredible. a great one, Peter. Tom's you got brother. Me. You got me. <laughs> you got that. Brother name? I don't, I don't know what it is now. Look it up. But it's Tom Hanks' brother does all the Woody voices okay. for all the wow. stuff. Isn't that cool? Uh, so far, we're 0 for 3 as a show. Yeah, that doesn't happen much. Yeah. Makes me happy. I thought it was Carrie. Uh, which underrated wide receiver is number 19, sandwiched between Andre Reid and Art Monk, two Hall of Famers, on the NFL's all-time receptions list. So you've got Andre Reid at 18. You've got Art Monk at 20. Who's 19? Is it Irving Fryer? Is it Keenan McCardell? Is it Brandon Cooks? Or is it Derek Mason? Jamie, we'll go with you first, then oh, Jason, Lord. then Kyle. Um, I'm just going to go with uh, with my guy, Keenan McCardell, the Vikings wide receivers coach, yeah. mm. uh, and his uh, fashion statements that he used to make walking in. I, th- I believe he was a big fur coat guy sure. at times. So I'm going to go B. I'm going to go with A, Irvin Fryer. Played against his son growing up in high school, London Fryer. Yes. Cool. I'm going to go with Irvin Fryer. Derek Mason was a machine in Tennessee. He was just every year he would produce and produce and produce. I don't know the answer to this. I'm going to go D, Mason. Let's find out. Okay. And let's go to Greg Gumbel and Phil Simms in a playoff game. A playoff game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Up in New England. Mm. Take a listen. Mm. McNair throws, and that's complete. Inside the five, Derek Mason looking for the end zone. No touchdown signal as yet. It is now a touchdown. It's the blitz. Terrific pickup by the Tennessee Titans. Derek Mason absolutely goes over the pylon. It's a touchdown. There's the same move again. Fake inside. Asante Samuels cannot make the tackle. 
Derek Mason, prolific. Well done. Prolific. Yes. prolific. 19th all-time, 943 career receptions. Wow. Andre Reid had 951. Art Monk had less with 940. Real wow. quick, some good sightings there. Drew Bennett, Steve mm-hmm. McNair, and our favorite for our show, Tyrone Calico. Tyrone Calico was a wide receiver, drafted the same draft class as Nate Burleson, drafted ahead of Nate Burleson. Mm. Andre Johnson was in there, a couple other great guys. I love seeing that footage. Derek I love Mason. Mixed awesome. Derek Mason, amazing. Shout Tough out to Derek Mason. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.